Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Tina and Eric Robinson. We are excited today to continue in 2 Kings. We are. This is going to be... In the last... Right. Confusing. <laughs> yes. Uh, for sure. Because it was very confusing to me. <laughs> um, and... It would even be good if you could find a good... Kind of a chart showing you the line of kings in Israel and Judah. So that you can kind of compare... Because it'll, it'll go everywhere from Solomon, you know, start right after Solomon. And then you've got split in that continues in David's line in Judah. And then the line of kings that starts with Jehoram in, or Jehoram, that starts with Jeroboam in North Israel. And that's what we've been watching um, as we've been in Ahab's line is that North Israel time. And so here we are, and we're going to watch as a couple of more Judah kings come to the throne. Uh, and also we're comparing that to what's still going on in North Israel at the time. And that's where we're going to get confused because these names are about right. to run headlong into one another. Right. That's what's so confusing. They've Some yep. of them got the same names. And, yep. <clears throat> and they're doing things together. Yes. They're not staying separate. And yes. So that gets... Now, actually, we're with Peter Lightheart on this. I think that, that there's a spiritual reason why mm-hmm. we can see through this to spiritual things that are happening. Right. That made a lot um, of sense to me. That, yes. Um, and we can talk about yes, that as we go. Yes, which is what we'll talk about, I But um, it helped to me because I was like, good night. Weren't there more names to pick from? Why don't they <laughs> exactly. have to start naming them? You know, exactly the same. Yes. And making it confusing for What's us to read. <laughs> Weren't they thinking of us? Yes. So when people say the Bible is confusing, yes, it can yeah, be definitely can confusing. Be. And um, this is one of those places we're going to try and help you sort it out a little bit and maybe even get to some reasons why. Um, watch a sovereign hand at work. But let's yeah, do Yeah, I think that. it's cool when you can see why there's the confusion. Maybe that even in itself has a meaning. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. exactly. So maybe it's confusing the reader sort of intentionally in the sense that it's given you a sense of how much confusion there is in Israel and Judah at the time. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're giving it away already. But we will dig <laughs> into this some more. So okay. first thing we can do though is start by reading chapter 8 verse 16 through 24. In the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, when Jehoshaphat was king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as the house of Ahab had done. For the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Yet the Lord was not willing to destroy Judah for the sake of David his servant, since he promised to give a lamp to him and to his sons forever. In his days, Edom revolted from the rule of Judah and set up a king of their own. Then Joram passed over to Zaire, with all his chariots and rose by night, and he and his chariot commander struck the Edomites who had surrounded him, but his army fled home. So Edom revolted from the rule of Judah to this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time. 
Now the rest of the acts of Joram and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? So Joram slept with his sons and was buried with his father in the city of David. And Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his place. Well, this is what we were talking about, because <laughs> here we are getting into Jehoram's reign here. And this is Jehoram reigning in Judah. Now, we already have been seeing Jehoram, Joram's reign in Israel. Right. For quite and, a while. And what's even more confusing is that here he, they call Jehoram in Israel, Joram. Right. And so we've got really both of these names can be written and said both ways. Right. Both this can be Jehoram, short, Joram. A shortened version. Of that's right. It's just a shortened version in the Hebrew. Uh-huh. Exactly. So and that's confusing too, that they're calling him not Jehoram every time, but sometimes Joram. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then these two guys have the same name and they're... Yep. One of them's in Israel and one of them's in Judah. Exactly. On the throne at the same time, as you can see in verse 16. Because that's what it right. says. Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign. At the time when uh, Jehoram, the son of Ahab, is actually on the throne. That's the verse part of the verse in Israel. Right. Oh. Okay, well that's so, easy. if you can um, find a chart, which a lot of Bibles do have them, of the kings, yeah, some Bibles you'll have be able to Bibles. see that, and that's it right. makes a little it makes it a little bit easier. Yes, it does, because Jehoram, uh, you know, just looking at a chart that I keep with me here, um, Jehoram in Israel, who's already on the throne, came to the throne in about 852 B.C. Jehoram, who is now coming to the throne in Judah, is going to come to the throne in about 848 or so. I mean, these numbers get a right. little weird when we you're trying to put exactly, it exactly right. uh, down. But anyway, so yes, so we have a Jehoram and a Jehoram that are about to reign on these thrones at the same time. Now, something we need to say here is we notice that Ahab's son was named Jehoram, and he was come to the throne after Ahab in Israel. Right. Jehoshaphat's son here is named Jehoram. He's about to come to the throne in Judah. We've already watched as Jehoshaphat has had uh, really strong, really close dealings with Ahab's line. Yes. Almost lost his life at the same time Ahab lost his on the battlefield together. Because Jehoshaphat went out with Ahab when he really shouldn't have. And we also find that Jehoshaphat even later goes out again with Ahab's son, Jehoram, on the battlefield. Right. It's obviously Jehoshaphat has this great desire that Israel be reunited as one nation. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways you would do this is getting the families closer. Your royal families need to be tied together. This could lead Work to together. the eventual unity. Together. Yep. Right. So you have this intermarriage thing going on. You have, oh, your daughter should marry my son kind of thing. So Ahab exactly gave his daughter to Jehoshaphat's That's son. son. Correct. So there's even, they are related here. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, exactly. Which is complicating because yeah. I guess... This Jehoshaphat in Judah, his wife would have been 
at least a half sister. Yes. To Jehoram, who's on the. At least a half sister. On the throne. On in, the throne in Israel. May have been a full Israel. sister. We don't know. That's right. We don't know. It just tells us in verse 18 that she was the daughter of Ahab. Uh-huh. Well, Jehoram is the son of Ahab. Now, usually these kings have more than one woman that they're having kids through. So, so you're right. They don't have to be full cool. full brother and sister, but they are half brother and sister at least. And the fact is, it's Ahab's blood in both of them. Right. And Ahab's daughter now marries. We don't know if it was, like we're saying, we don't know if it was Jezebel's daughter. But Ahab's daughter now marries into the royal line of Judah. Mm-hmm. So now I've got this really weird interplay here um, where the, the where the two groups of people, two people groups who are tied to Yahweh uh, are, are both getting mixed with this Ahab thinking, Ahab ideal, okay. Ahab house. Which, which of course plays into more than just you know being related physically, genetically. The whole when the Bible right. tells us this, it has to do everything with spiritual things that are happening mm-hmm. to mix these peoples together. Right. I and, mean, it says he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Right, that's the as problem. As the house of Ahab had done. Yep. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Yep. Yep. Because the daughter of Ahab was his wife. It's his four. I yep. mean, it's just and, and God is gonna that this is a problem. Yep. It is a huge problem. And yet God, verse 19, the Lord Yahweh is still not willing to destroy Judah. Why? Because of David. For David's sake. Exactly. He made a promise to he David. He made a promise to David that he's gonna keep. And he's going to do it. Even though this is really getting out of control. Judah should see, Judah should see what's happening in Israel and not be getting so tied together with them and what they're doing, all the Baal worship, all the things that are going on. But Jehoshaphat, who we've seen already as a good king and who ha- who has a desire to serve Yahweh and does, generally speaking, a good, you know, a fairly good job of it. However, his Achilles heel seems to be that he wants unity as much as anything else he desires which, uh, for God's people. Which, I mean, I think God wants wanted unity, wants unity for his people. Right. Unity is a good thing. Right. But not when you are unifying over the wrong thing. That's right. At um, what cost is always right. the question. Because they're, they're sacrificing the good things mm-hmm. to be a part of what's going on in Israel, mm-hmm. uh, which we know is all wrong. Yes, they're worshiping not in Jerusalem, not at the temple. They're mm-hmm. they have golden calves set up for people to go worship. That's right, and are worshiping Baals even. Mm-hmm. And so, getting tied up in that is the wrong way to unify. Right, that's right. You cannot give up true Yahweh worship just for the sake of unity even with your brothers and sisters, which is what Jehoshaphat would consider them. These are our Israelite brothers and sisters. These are our, we should be all one under God. So unity, 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 but at what cost? And that always becomes our question. Now this right. becomes our question in the kingdom today. This, you want application for a, for a passage, and here this it is. This is huge, yes. I mean, this is giant. 
Where and and this is not going to be easier easy conversations or easy understandings to reach, but we're going to have to have the hard conversations that go, okay, where where are the lines drawn? When is it too far to push for unity? When am I giving up something that is tied to Yahweh's character that I'm really willing to jettison uh, in order for just to have unity? Or is it really a am I really on a on an issue that's not a salvation issue, something we don't need to hammer on. Are we dividing over the wrong things? That's right. Are we coming together over the wrong things? That's right. That's just a huge thing in the church. And we need to really be prayerful and mindful of that because Mm -hmm. we can get quickly confused and taken in all kinds of wrong directions. Yes. So for the sake of unity, that we we have to we have to consider these things, and and so I think it's a highly important, and it's not going to be easy, uh, but it is something we have to do, because we what we're just watching here as a as a good king, we're seeing the failings of what happened over time. We're going to watch as right. as we walk through these next texts. But and like we were saying before we started this, the names, the confusion over who's who and they're all inter now they're intermarrying and mm-hmm. there's all this confusion yep. um i think that there's a reason for that mm-hmm. i think it's letting us uh see in every way yeah yeah that this is a problem they've gotten confused they don't need judah doesn't even know who they are anymore yeah they're so wound up in the stuff that's going on in Israel. Mm-hmm. So, Correct. so, so then they have, when we watch, yeah. In the next paragraph, is that yeah, where you're going? Yeah. Yep. Next paragraph, Edom and Libna, uh, are revolting in the next paragraph. Right. right. And these are places that have been subject to, uh, Judahite rule for a long time. And yet now they're revolting. This is a spiritual, this this is one of the spiritual consequences or the consequences you, you could say of their spiritual decisions and choices they're making. That's what this is. That's why this is here. It's not just to tell us, hey, during those days there was a revolt uh, of some of those who were subject to Israel. No, it's telling us this because God is bringing this about because of the degradation that's taking place spiritually in Judah. Edah, they are losing control of Edom. They are losing control of Libna. Libna was a city that we find out in Joshua 21, 13, was given to the Levites when they had first, when they were first conquering And the it's land. very close there to the Philistine territory, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So they kind of needed to, to keep yep. that land. Yep, keep under, control of yeah. it because it, yep, it helps them on their border there to defend but by but so the loss of control of these territories is just a sign that things are not spiritually well in israel things are not like they should or in judah let's say things are not like they should be and that's why their land is being whittled down god is reducing their territory reducing their this comes down to sovereign control god is sovereignly reducing their territory because they're making bad spiritual choices yeah he's not going to take it all away because of david Right, but he but can, is he still showing them? Hey, this this results. There, I mean, there's bad it results. It feels like this. a um, warning. It is. I think without question, like you're right. All it of is this a can warning. Be taken away. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we're being told this has a reason for being in the text. It is not superfluous material, 
and then uh, and then this is the only thing they're going to tell us about specific. Give us specifics about what happened during Jehoram's reign, right because there. Because he died because of that. He mm-hmm. went to try to squash this revolt. And, yep. Uh, got killed. Right? Yep. Uh, yep. Because <clears throat> he went over to Zaire and uh, and had a fight, and uh, it, his army fled, of course, uh, and they make it back home, but Edom yeah. is. Edom is not under their rule anymore. Neither is Libna. So, the rest of the acts of Jehoram, what he did, you can go read those elsewhere, the writer says. You know, that's yeah, somewhere right. else. But he's concerned but with the spiritual, the spiritual implications. implications. Oh, yeah. That's right. So that's what these are. So then Jehoram, or Joram, Jehoram of Judah sleeps with his fathers. After his eight years are over, he's going to be done. And, and we're going to watch Ahaziah, his son, who would be, naturally, the grandson, then, of Ahab, come to the throne. <coughs> grandson of Ahab and great-grandson of Omri. So let's look at verse 25 through the end of the chapter. Okay. In the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaziah was twenty-two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah. She was a granddaughter of Omri, king of Israel. He also walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as the house of Ahab had done, for he was the son-in-law to the house of Ahab. He went with Joram, the son of Ahab, to make war against Haziel, king of Syria, at Ramoth-Gilead. And the Syrians wounded Joram. And King Joram returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds that the Syrians had given him at Ramah when he fought against Haziel, king of Syria. And Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel because he was sick. Okay. So if you're uh, if you're seeing the name Ahaziah and you're like, wait a second, haven't we seen him Ahaziah before? You're right, you have. And it was in North Israel. This Ahaziah is in Judah. In North Israel, it was Ahaziah, the son of Ahab. Ahaziah, not Ahaziah. I'm sorry, Ahaziah. <laughs> There's an Ahaziah coming. We're trying to, oh, okay. okay. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab was in the northern kingdom and then he died shortly he died quickly that was this is at the very end of first kings and beginning of second kings that's where we see Ahaziah on the throne and when he dies his brother is Jehoram his brother because he had no sons so his brother Jehoram comes to the throne this is Ahab's other son who's come to the throne that's what's happening in North Israel. Now several years have gone by and we're into Jehoram of North Israel's reign. Mm-hmm. And in that reign is where Jehoram of South Israel, as we just saw, came to the throne and also died all during the reign of Jehoram of North Israel. Jehoram of, South, of Judah came to the throne and died. 
eight years he spent on the throne, and then he died. And then his son, Ahaziah. See, so confusing. His son Ahaziah goes to the throne and in Judah. And we're told right away when we see him that this is in the twelfth year of Joram. Or Jehoram. Joram Jehoram of North Israel, that he comes to the throne where his dad has just died. And so And he's only gonna reign for one year. He's twenty two years old. Yep. So we know already something Something drastic must be happening this year because we know Jehoram also is going to die this year. If we have kept up with what's happening, then we know way back from chapter 3, verse 1, that Jehoram is going to die in his 12th year. Okay. And so if that's true, then we find we also find out here that Ahaziah is only going to be one year on that. Whoa, both kings are going to die this year. What's going on? Why so is that? If you're paying attention, you're yeah. going to see... Uh, it's getting ominous here. Yes, lots of ominous things. There should your your mind is is worrying at this point. And it points out again that Ahaziah is he's walking in the evil ways of Ahab's Mm-mm-mm. family, even yep. though he is in Judah. Yep. But he is his mother is the granddaughter of Omri, yes. the daughter of Ahab. So Ahaziah's mother is granddaughter to Omri. We already know that she's actually the daughter of Ahab. Right. So it's no just pointing surprise. out again that these this it's all related. Here. Lines are all tied. So up when together. it says he went with Jehoram to make war against Haziel, mm-hmm. we already have talked about some. Yep. We'll talk about again. Right. Uh, the king of Syria, because he's the, this king that Elisha has anointed. Right. Who's not even a. Not Israelite. an Israelite, non-Israelite, Gentile. Uh, anointed him king of Syria. Yeah. So these two kings are going to war against the Syrian king. That's right. And Jehoram is injured. And Jehoram is injured during the battle. Jehoram and so is injured. they take him to Jezreel mm-hmm. to heal him up. To heal up, correct. So there was there would have been a palace in Jezreel, you know, a secondary palace for the king. Uh, besides Samaria. And apparently Jezebel is still living in That's right, in Jezreel. Jezreel. That's where she lives. Uh, So, but uh, Ahaziah Mm -hmm. goes to see him That's right. You're going to go visit him while he recuperates. Which I guess makes sense, but it makes even more sense because it's his uncle. Uh, In a sense, yes, absolutely. It's, It's definitely, they were they are connected they're allies way. they're brothers but they're also the, or they're um his dad so so again yeah, he's his uh, uncle ahaziah's dad or or granddad i'm sorry would have been jehoshaphat on one side mm-hmm. that's who he is uh or anyway that's whose granddad is um but we also know he's got ahab's blood in him too and so he's also connected very connected by blood to Jehoram right. uh, who is dying now and they both you know went to battle together well it doesn't say he's dying just says he's pretty yeah it doesn't say he's dying he's just recuperating right it doesn't say he's dying he's just recuperating I'm <laughs> reading too much into the text so Haziel though is the one who caused this 
Now, if I'm really an astute reader, which I have to tell you, this was pointed out to me. It's not like I got this on the first time or anything. <laughs> Thank you for admitting um, that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not that astute. Uh, and, and I have to read it 10 times, maybe 20 times uh, on my own before I get anything good like this. But Haziel, as you've already pointed out, has been anointed. And if we go back and read where God first told Elijah to anoint Haziel, that was in 1 Kings 19, 17. Right. And so at the end of 1 Kings 19, we've waited a long time to see Haziel get anointed. Haziel get told he was going to be the king. And when he was, like we were talking about last time, this is our last podcast, verse 7 and following. It's in the this first same part chapter, of chapter 8. That's right. right. It's setting exactly. us up so we know who this is. Mm-hmm. And Elisha was crying because he knew that Haziel was going to wreak havoc in uh, Israel's territory and really kill a lot of Israelites and do it in a very destructive way. But if we go back to that original time when God said, Haziel needs to be anointed, we're going to find out that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel will face the sword of Jehu. And we don't and even know who Jehu is. We have not even been introduced to him yet, but we know there's somebody on the, the you know, on the horizon who's going to take care of those who escape Haziel's sword. Well, that's Jehoram. Jehoram just managed to escape with his life from a battle with Haziel. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, my antenna are up now. Wait a second. If you escape from Haziel's sword, there's trouble coming somewhere. So now what? So I'm, I'm, all of this is woven together. God's been planning this judgment for a long time. And here, you know, it's finally coming down like he promised it would. So now I'm, I'm, my interest is peaked because I'm thinking about Jehu and what must be coming. So I'm going to go into that next. Um, yeah. But Today, like we're saying, today's podcast may be a little short because we just, this needs to be. And yeah, short. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even looking at the time, but we it's too big of a section to start the next right we won't start the next one really going to get serious about who jehu is and why he's uh coming in so heavy like he is in chapters 9 and 10. it's going to be huge what he does Uh, very significant for the text and for the spiritual welfare of god's people but what we're seeing here obviously the setup to it we're already having plenty of clues um, as to why things are coming like they are and how God is bringing this judgment upon the house of Ahab like he is. And the, the weirdness is that both thrones are tied to the house right. of Ahab. And right they now. don't have to be. The thing is that when God said that, that Ahab's, that the Amrid dynasty would end yes. with Ahab's son. Right. I mean, it seems to me like Judah would have listened. It seems like a lot like of Judah would have listened and distanced themselves. This it is does. not a good thing. We don't need to be involved. Mm-hmm. But instead, they kept getting even closer. Mm-hmm. It seems correct. And yeah. so they're going to have consequences for that. Yes, consequences will come for having tied yourselves so closely to the line of Ahab. So consequences so, are going to fall. And on I guess Judah for us also. The church, uh, there are consequences who we tie ourselves to, good right. and bad. Yep. 
When we see this kingdom of God, Israel acting as the kingdom of God in history, we should be looking at it typologically as well as other ways, typologically and going, okay, what bigger picture is it telling about Christ's kingdom? There's also a kingdom under him that is, you know, active, dynamic, growing, right. shrinking, whatever it is. It never shrinks. That's the cool part about Jesus's kingdom. It never shrinks, but it is a very fluid thing. Things are happening. Actions are being taken. It may Decisions look like are it's being shrinking. Made. Right. Yes. And so, but when you're seeing it here, yeah, we're watching this and we're going, oh, just like as this was a prelude to where God's great mission was going in Christ, we're also seeing what we, what choices we get to make today as we live in God's kingdom. Are we marrying ourselves uh, to things we shouldn't? Are we being involved in things we shouldn't? What have we done to cause spiritual either growth or decay, as it were, something bad happening in God's kingdom? Because he's let us, you know, have some room there to make choices, yeah, make choices. and to bring things. But ultimately, he will sovereignly, there as he always does, yes, um, expunge the evil uh, as he wills. And so, and connections so, matter. Mm -hmm. What we connect ourselves to matters. Yes. So, yes. we just need to be really prayerful about yes. those things. Very and, prayerful, I would say. That's the big thing. And discerning. Sure. He gives yep. us discernment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I do look at this and I'm like, man, sh I mean, they should have seen this, but we also have done the same thing. We've done things that we have not taken into account uh, for what they truly are too. Yeah. So it's an easy thing to make bad choices. It's a harder thing to be very prayerful, like you're saying, and very discerning and really taking God's, mm -hmm. uh, all of those considerations in mind before we make those decisions. But I'm so thankful that we have these stories straight from him mm -hmm. that we we really don't have any excuse that right. we can look back and if we're really prayerful and thoughtful mm -hmm. we can see he's been telling us ahead of time yeah what we need to do yeah. and it doesn't mean we're never going to miss it right we are but we do have this as a guide mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Man, this is great. Uh, I actually love this part of scripture, even though it's kind of confusing. It's it really confusing. interesting to watch at watch from it. Don't get frustrated by that, though. Right. It's it was a confusing time. They were confusing what was right and what was wrong. Yes, which, like we had said when we started, mm -hmm. kind of the way this is written, maybe to give Judah us. Judah started as a looking too much like Israel. Yes, they even were naming themselves the same names and. Yeah. Um, Part of, that, part of that confusion that Israel was having on the spiritual level was is being passed along to us just in the very way mm -hmm. this is written right. so that we can get a feel for oh things are just so weird Mixed out of whack up. why yeah. are they yes so okay we're keeping that in mind as we go uh, really great to talk to y'all this week we will talk about Jehu next week and how God is bringing this one in as a hammer so to speak to um I'm excited to talk part. about that. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. So we'll look at that topologically too. Uh, great to talk to y'all. Thanks for joining us. We hope y'all all have a great week. Stay in the Word. God bless.